Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Man, that never gets old. Welcome to the Georgia Show. It is a dog-on-dog week in the SEC, baby. We're going to Starkville. At least uh, Palmer and Jake Rowe are. My name is Wes Blankenship. The comments section already hopping. Appreciate y'all for that. Uh, We'll get to your feedback in a moment. But, guys, it's uh, Georgia-Mississippi State week. Got to get ready for that air raid. Mike Leach, the pirate. And Georgia, as I put on the thumbnail for this video, starting to wonder now. What's Georgia doing to uh, curb a potential letdown? Letdowns are possible uh, uh, in the SEC on the road. Georgia's letdown at a not as tough place to play as this one's going to be um, early at, earlier in the year at Missouri. Their last road game. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, I think Georgia's got um, all it needs to kind of take it to Mississippi State. It's just a matter of – of whether or not that kind of maturity and everything travels. And I'll say this, you know, we've got a story up over at dogs 20, uh, sorry, dogs <laughs> HQ right now. There's dogs a dollar HQ. in the swear jar. I know, right? Dollar in the swear <laughs> jar. It's been a while. Uh, dogs HQ right now um, where, you know, Kirby to me had just kind of a very confident sounding quote on Georgia having a target on its back. And uh, Georgia knowing that it's kind of walking into a hornet's nest week in and week out because everybody wants to take down number one. All those fans of Sanford Stadium wanted to do the same thing this past Saturday. Uh, so I think that Kirby Smart understands that. And I don't know, it, that, that quote sounded pretty confident to me. And I went back and watched the tape, watched Kirby's press conference, and he sounded pretty confident there too. So the compelling thing to me on that front is it's almost like Georgia's had a couple – uh, opportunities to weather this storm now because you come out of the Oregon game, you come out of the South Carolina game. And if you go back and watch some of these shows from early in the year, we were poking fun at all the rat poison that some of the national media was saying, you know, Georgia is the thing that buzz saws are afraid of, I think is one of the quotes from an Oregon beat writer. And then you have uh, the letdown in the middle of the year, Kent state, Mizzou, the thing that all of Georgia's detractors wanted to point to before that Tennessee game. So to me, it almost feels like the dogs have already experienced what it's like to have that target on the back. They've already experienced a potential letdown. And now I almost wonder if they've kind of gotten their own little uh, rat poison vaccine (laughs) in the middle of the year, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I do think that this is this is a really tough environment that they're going into. 
one that none of these players have ever been into um, unless they went as a recruit. Um, you know, Georgia hasn't played there since 2010. Um, and, and so Kirby knows it having spent a lot of time uh, in the SEC West and, and has, you know, played um, in, in Starkville, heard the cowbells. Um, so, I mean, I, and, and I think that this, this is such a hot and cold up and down uh, Mississippi state team that, that they do, you know, provide a little bit of a, a of a danger for Georgia. Um, you know, Georgia can come out and be consistent um, and, and, you know, get the job done on the road like they did against South Carolina. They could come out like they did against Missouri uh, and, and, you know, start slow and, and find themselves in a four quarter battle. So very interested to see because it is, it is hard to come back down to earth, um, you know, and, and, and realize that you got to turn the page from such, such an emotional win that it was this past Saturday. I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think a lot of the recruit or a lot of the guys went to uh, Mississippi <laughs> State when they were being recruited. Yeah, I, I, I said that. Mississippi State been sharing a lot of crossover in a while <laughs> in that in that regard. Yeah, hard to get there. I mean, what kind of route are y'all taking? What's the Google Map telling you to do? You go to Starkville. Are you staying yeah. in Starkville or Jay, Jay, no? We're, okay, we're going to do. Go. We're going to go to Tuscaloosa because Alabama's not in town. And uh, so this, you know, good hotel situation there. Uh, gonna hit up, uh, hit up Tuscaloosa, stay downtown there. Maybe see some Dreamland little... barbecue. Maybe uh, uh, probably not Dreamland. Uh, I think I'm gonna save my barbecue thing for for the little Dewey in uh, in uh, Starkville. Apparently, it's pretty good. Uh, Sports Info guy bringing them back here on this show, just like we did last show. Uh, <laughs> Trey Littlefield, uh, Mississippi State grad, and he said he would check out Little Dewey if he were me going there for the first time. So we're probably going to try to check that out, eat in, uh, eat in Tuscaloosa, maybe hit up a bar or two on Friday night, late kickoff, get to sleep in a little bit. We'll see what happens. Jake, have you been to Starkville before? Has Never. anyone on Never. this been to Starkville I've, before? I've been. The, yeah. Okay. Wes, Wes said it was a uh, – so Wes, you can confirm it exists? Yeah, it's there. So uh, – <laughs> It's a stadium in the woods. My memory's hazy. It's kind of like uh, – Mostly pig farms, I think. I almost felt like I was blindfolded when they led me in and then they didn't want me to see how you get into town. And then they put another blindfold on you to, when you leave and spin you around a few times. So you can't really remember. It's one of those deals, but it's kind of strange because their stadium, I'm going to look it up here on Google maps. Pardon my typing. Their stadium kind of feels like it's just in the middle of a fraternity's front yard. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely a, an interesting sec atmosphere environment the cowbells are what they are i mean it's real it's a real deal um the thing i wonder about is just how good george has been and, and how tough they are how physical they are uh i wonder if this mississippi state team even though they are undefeated at home if they get punched in the mouth early once twice i could see a team like that folding even though it's a night game and you got all the juice. You know, the thought I've kind of had uh, is Georgia can react one of two ways to what happened, again, the Tennessee game. I guess it can kind of get really confident and, you know, maybe get bored almost with with, the atmosphere, with anything less than, than what they've experienced the last couple of weeks in a big rivalry game and a crazy home game. 
or would it just kind of give them a taste of blood and and give them that kind of second half shot in the arm they needed to to really kind of morph into into you know as Ryan McGee said the Death Star uh, and and kind of become that. I don't know. I, mean, I just know that this team's got a chance to do something really special. Um, I don't know how many teams have gone fifteen and zero since the start of the college football playoff. Um, I think it's I, just one. I, but but yeah, LSU right? LSU team because yeah. uh, Alabama played the shortened season. They were undefeated, but it was a shortened season. I mean, how about uh, just going back to back undefeated regular seasons in the college football playoff era? Yeah, I mean, there I mean, every win something special you know more special happens but to go 15 and 0 whenever there's only one team that's ever done it and to do it in a second to do it for i mean just to repeat i mean to repeat in the college football playoff era where there's actually a, you know you got to win more than once to do this thing um 20, 29 and 1 is is what you're talking about right yeah 29 and 1 over two years that's dynasty stuff man i mean that's 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 what that is, and and I just uh, you know Georgia's got a chance to do some special stuff, and you just wonder if you know I don't know maybe that Tennessee game was something that just kind of clicks it all into place for this team, and they go out there and just kind of lay the hammer down. Vegas doesn't seem to think that's what's going to happen because right now that thing is not much different than the Tennessee line was when it opened three points between the two. Uh, so I think Vegas is expecting a little bit of a game in Starkville. We'll see what Georgia gives them. So uh, one thing that I learned when I was in my local TV news career is that Mississippi State is renowned for its uh, meteorology department. And I look at the forecast this week. I don't have to be a meteorologist to go on Google.com and type in Starkville weather forecast. 77 degrees right now, guys. Saturday night, however, you've got a low of 30 degrees. I wonder how that impacts the game. It shrinks the football a little bit, makes the uh makes it a little harder to catch. What do y'all yeah. think? Here, here's here's some planning purposes. Do we know if it's an open air press box? Oh, I don't. I need to ask some questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take mental notes. Bring your hand warmers. Um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting the way that, that could um, you know, whether we certainly saw how it affected the game on Saturday changed Georgia's approach a little bit there. Um, you know, so it, it certainly plays a factor. And, um, you know, Georgia's played hot games. They've played dry games. They've played wet games. They really haven't played a cold game yet so far this season. And I mean, so. I'm curious, though, I, I, I just not to get off on a tangent, but I mean, I, I feel like to some degree, perhaps that would play in Georgia's favor. I don't know. Uh, I, I thought don't know it might. I don't, I, I don't I, know I how average climate compares to that of Athens, but I feel it's, like, it, you know, I, I'll say this. It's, it seems like over the years, it's really a case by case basis. You know, like there's some dudes don't like throwing a wet ball. There's some dudes don't like throwing in the wind. I think pretty much everybody doesn't like throwing in the wind. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I can't imagine Mississippi State likes playing in the cold any more than Georgia does. Um, it's not like Starkville's a you know just those hard yeah, it's not Starkville Lambeau winters. Um, <laughs> the frozen tundra. Uh, Y'all hit subscribe. Thanks for watching. We got our loyal dogs over here in the comments section. Uncle Glenn Hartley up to his shenanigans. Matthew C. Uh, holding it down. Will Crawl. We know him. So have, have we confirmed oh, Will. Uncle Glenn's on the board yet? We need to know that. He no, said Uncle he wasn't. Glenn. He's he said he wasn't. 
Dude, come on. We we got to get Uncle Glenn. I, I, yeah, it's going to be sad when $1 for one year runs yeah, out. We, and we have Uncle Glenn on the dollar, man. Yeah, old, old Matthew C's asked Uncle Glenn if he was on the board, if he's joined the site yet. And Uncle Glenn said, uh, as of 833, uh, he, he had not, and he was trying to get in on it tonight. Nice. Nice. Okay, well, let us know if you need any help, Unc. We can help you out. Um. <laughs> So one of the comments I saw over here is, is what uh, brought me to this place is Uncle Glenn Hartley saying the pirate will have his ship sunk. So let's talk about Mike Leach. Let's talk about this air raid. My uh, my my deal on Kirby and Coach Boom and Glenn Schumann by now is if you try to throw any kind of gimmicky or off-the-wall kind of offense at them, it seems like the chances are pretty good. They probably have some sort of book on it somewhere, hidden away with a recipe card on, oh, this is the air raid. Let's turn the page. This is what we need to do to stop it. What do you all remember about when uh, Mississippi State came to Athens in 2020 and how Georgia's defense fared against that? Palmer, were you there? Uh, I was there in the stands. I was not there covering the game. All right. So Palmer had a clear head that night. Yeah. All right. So uh, what I remember 401 yards for JT Daniels. It's, obviously, it's, yeah. JT Daniels over 400 yards. But I remember couldn't, could not run the ball a lick. They ran for what, like eight yards or something yeah, that it night? Yeah, it was awful. I'm pulling um, up the Mississippi State was basically bringing the house every play – um, run blitzes, you know, kind of these gap scheme type things that were meant to just kind of work their way upfield and penetrate, and it was working against the run. And Daniels took some shots but delivered some shots downfield. Jermaine Burton had 197 yards uh, receiving. Uh, crazy to think that I both he didn't get many opportunities played. at Georgia, though. Right, yeah. And then, you know, the, it's hard to believe both of those guys played such a big role in that game and are it's playing crazy. football right now but not for Georgia. Yeah, um, I, I thought about that when, when we got handed the game notes for this week, and those were two of the first three names bolded on there. And I was like, oh, yep. wow, neither of them is here. And this game was not that long ago, and they're right. both playing college football. Yeah, and, you know, JT Daniels over at West Virginia, Jermaine Burton may opt out of the Sugar Bowl. And, um, you <laughs> hey, know. They're, not, they're not making the Sugar Bowl. They're, they're getting the Orange Bowl or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Sugar Bowl. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. I guess if Georgia were to beat LSU, then LSU would probably get to play in the Sugar Bowl as the runner-up at SEC championship game. I think it, it goes to the second highest ranked SEC team. So maybe Tennessee, if they're on the outside looking in, could be or Alabama. Could be Alabama. Well, listen, buddy, Alabama's gonna, or uh, Tennessee's going to be in the playoff. They laid down intentionally to get, a, get get another shot at the Ducks in the playoffs. Man. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that, man. I don't know if it's a slant dunk for the Vols. It doesn't play impossible. Like play impossible. Uh, yeah. So I mean, but but uh, I mean, this Mississippi State team they they had some success on Georgia offensively. Georgia couldn't keep them out of the end zone. I think Kirby kind of wanted where that team was defensively as far as big plays and everything, I think you wanted to keep everything in front, kind of make Mississippi State kick field goals, and, and Georgia couldn't keep Mississippi State out of the end zone in that game. And I tell you what, Georgia's got the best red zone um, to touchdown you know, percentage in all of college football. Mississippi State is best in the SEC on the offensive side of getting touchdowns in the okay. red zone. So that's one of like a big matchup to watch that's out That's our uh, something's got to give stat of the game yeah. there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the box score from that, that 2020 game combined 30 rushing yards in that game. Uh, Mississippi state ran for 22 Georgia ran for eight. Um, Will Rogers first career start for him. He was a true freshman that year. Uh, 41 of 52 uh, for 336 yards, two touch or one touchdown there. JT Daniels, like we said, 401 yards, four touchdowns. Um, but yeah, the uh, sacks were. Uh, looks like Rogers got sacked uh, twice. Um, Aziz Ojolari, Jermaine. Yeah, I imagine Johnson. Aziz had something to say. Yep. Aziz and Jermaine Johnson both had a sack in that game. They're both playing on Sundays now. Um, and Nicobe Dean, 12 tackles, also playing on Sundays. Can, can we just talk, though, about Mike Leach in general? Because I, I love the guy. I, I, uh, I, think, I think he's – he Yeah, you want to talk? What do you want to say? I love him <laughs> and his fat little girlfriend. I love, I love the guy, man. I think you guys want to sip lemonade, talk about your fat little girlfriends? Coughs <laughs> on his – so I've heard tale. I've heard tale of this thing. So when Mike Leach used to work at uh, at Valdosta State, and um, I can't remember who told me this or where I heard this. Okay, so I'm sorry I can't attribute it correctly. This is not my own story. This is not my own scoop or anything like that. But uh, so when Mike Leach was working at Valdosta State, uh, he used to travel up to Middle Georgia to recruit. And uh, he found this little diner that he liked and he went there for a couple years in a row or went there one time and then came back the next year. And some lady had noticed him from the other time he was in there and the lady um, had him pegged. She knew who he was. Uh, she thought he was country music star Vince Gill. <laughs> and, uh, All right. I got to pull um, up a side by side. She, she thought she had met Vince Gill and she told him how much she appreciated his work. And, and, you know, that she just couldn't believe she had met Vince Gill. And Mike Leach didn't tell her any different. Uh, <laughs> I think he went back a couple of years after that and never told her that he wasn't Vince Gill. Well, now I'm so, wondering which diner it could have been because uh, I kept those roads hot. I know y'all been down there a time or two. Uh, yeah, well. I've been down there a time or two. too. I have no idea where, um, what diner it was, but apparently it was somewhere in the middle of Georgia-Macon area, Dry Branch, somewhere like that. And uh, he never told her any different. He just let her. She just let her believe that he was uh, Ben Skill. All right, I'm. Uh, I'm working on this photo. Uh, photo montage here to show y'all the side by side of Vince Gill and Mike Leach. It's, uh, hey, hey, Roos, what what Vince Gill song do we need to break down right now? Oh man, that's tough. I'm actually whenever gonna, you whenever I'm, you I'm come actually, around. I'm, I'm actually over here digging around on uh, Vince Gill's uh, <laughs> Wikipedia page as we speak, uh, trying to think of my favorite Vince Gill song. Um, I mean, it's hard to top yeah. just from an emotional standpoint. Uh, the George Jones tribute. I mean, that brings a tear to my eye every time. I, mean, I still believe in you is an absolute certified. It's incredible, yeah. but it, but it, whenever so whenever you come around is is one of the greatest one of the greatest songs ever written. <laughs> All right, y'all check this out here. Let's see what do y'all think. I mean, come you, on, dude. I can see it. I can see it. No question. <laughs> These photos are courtesy of Getty Images. Uh, in case the photographers are watching. But I can see that. I, I bet Coach Leach can shred. <laughs> oh, God. It's that almost is... like when you when you do really see it, you can't unsee it. I wonder what the interaction between Kirby and Mike Leach is before the game. 
Because there are some guys that you know they're just all they don't, about. They don't ball strike and, me as as too you know similar in 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 their uh, approaches to things. But they oh, do have Kirby, the overlap between Mummy and uh, Hatcher and all that. Yeah, I mean they 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 share a couple of connections, but I don't know the the way that they go about things seems very uh, very polar opposite. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you just you know I can see like Mike Leach bringing up how Kirby brought his AC to south carolina earlier this year just hey how'd you do blue. that hey what you know. I'm, I'm 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 down a rabbit hole over here man <laughs> <laughs> vince gill was in pure prairie league i had no idea come on what is I pure knew. prairie league huh amy what is that you know that song pure prairie league is that like yeah. a minor league baseball league no <laughs> no man that's uh, the song amy it's a it's an old classic uh, old radio classic Amy. Oh, that's okay. That's them. Yeah, that was Pure Prairie League, man. Matthew I mean, C says not his best song, but uh, he always liked Heart Won't Lie, the duet with Reba. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. One more, listen. One more last chance is a banger too. There's no. Doubt oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Now I think he's touring with the Eagles. I think he's touring with the Eagles right now. He's just so talented, man. Uh, all right, we we talk about a lot on this show, but one thing that we always talk about is the fine fine work that our friends at Breaking Tea do. These guys are putting together some of the hottest merch and apparel that you can have as a dogs fan and they just keep cranking it out that's we talked hot. a few weeks ago about hey nice work guys but maybe it's time to dust things off and bring some new designs out so what do they do right before election week they get bennett bowers 22 that red wave still happening and then what do we have this week ring me after stetson bennett had his phone blown up by all of those uh tennessee fans uh, last week and that one is pretty sweet right there guys and a pretty legendary story too in the uh, Stetson Bennett record books so check out Breaking Tea there is a link to the website in this show's description guys uh, speaking of that Stetson Bennett moment I did get a tip from someone at Georgia uh, that during the game I don't think people noticed this because the story was circulating on the internet while the game was going on. And I don't know how many fans in the stands were privy to what was going on, but the people operating the audio and the jumbotron at Sanford stadium did see it. And while Georgia was up pretty big on Tennessee, they took the opportunity to tease the volunteers who may have been in attendance who gave the mailman a ring. Here's how it sounded and looked in the stadium. Pretty cool moment. Uh, between the hedges here. They time it up perfectly right here. Hell of a... Uh... So... Hell of a uh, highlight reel for the mailman. So, so Wes, Wes, I'll I'll chime in. I did hear them play that, and I thought to myself, they play so many different songs though to get the crowd into it. You probably don't think anything of it. Well, and so I I thought I was like, that's one I've never heard. That's a weird song to be playing to like get folks pumped up in the stands. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because my friends and I do like to have a little bit of a back and forth banter about some of the music that they play. And, uh, you know, one, one of my friends has a playlist of, of Sanford Stadium, uh, of, of, you know, music. And, um, but um, it's gotten a lot better than it than it once was. Right. Eric Ames right. was playing. This in is Athens, be, this I will is say. be our lost episode, by the way. But we're, um, we're going to yeah. take down for Carly, I, Carly Ray Jepsen. In the but, but I know that was that. that was natural sound from the. <laughs> I look. I've already published this multiple places, and no one has flagged me yet. So if Carly oh doesn't my like God. it, Vince Gill will get him on a mashup or something. The lost <laughs> episode. <laughs> About 10 years down the road, they'll be looking for it so hard. And they'll Archive, be Archive to Take it down. <laughs> yeah, that um, was a hardcore troll, though. But the thing, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. Like, I mean, it was probably the fourth quarter before I knew anything about that. That's one thing you just, you absolutely positively miss um, in in the press box is, is are the kind of little auxiliary stories like that. Um you know, Wes, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're texting. Well, I saw all- it circulating because I do the show from home and all that. And I didn't know if it was true or not. I, right. I mean, you, sent, you sent us the text and said, is this true? And I right. was like, I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. No way me. to confirm that. Right. Dude, let me let me tell you all something right now. The hardest time, if you've got anybody close to the program or anybody you like to talk to to get information out of as a reporter Boys, there are there's about three and a half, four hours on a Saturday. That's the absolute worst time to have to confirm anything. So, uh, so that's that's kind of the toughest part of it too. So, but yeah, I, mean, I have any, I didn't have a clue. I didn't even see Wes's text. Forgot crying out loud. Like I don't. Yeah. It just those things. If you, if you're if anybody's out there and you know you you wonder kind of you know what it's obviously you're sitting there in a fifty yard line and club level in Sanford Stadium, so it's awesome. But man, you, as much as you've got going on, you're trying to ride a gamer and you're trying to have something up at halftime and do a halftime show. That stuff goes by in like five minutes. It's like mm-hmm. Frank the Tank, man. I mean, it's, it's it, when he gives the speech on old school, you just black out for a little while and you come back and like, what just happened? What <laughs> was that? <laughs> Wait a minute, Georgia. Georgia won by fourteen. I thought they were dominating this game. You know, I mean, uh, it's just just weird stuff happens like that. So, Jake. Um, this this wasn't too weird. All the talent watching Georgia play on Saturday. Uh, you sent me a kind of a preview of what you were going to talk about tonight. But what is the uh, few days later report? How are the ripple effects kind of rolling through Georgia's recruiting targets after that huge win on Saturday? Uh, I think I said it on Sunday's night show. And if I didn't, I've said it in a few columns since then, which is that this weekend really couldn't have gone any better for Georgia than it did. They couldn't have asked for more and it delivered in spades. I mean, they got everything they they wanted and more. The fans came through the game, went the way it should have. The atmosphere was insane. I mean, 
you had incredible official visitors on campus. Anthony Evans, let's start there. He's up on the screen. Uh, you know, Oklahoma commit and Georgia was that was a very narrow miss for the Bulldogs. I mean, that was an eleventh hour decision. You know, I'm not even going to front and say we didn't have that story pre-written. I mean, I, I thought that that one was. Yeah, I saw it in the drafts. <laughs> yeah, I thought, was, I thought it was pretty well locked up, man. I, I really did. Uh, got the call probably about an hour and a half before it went down that, hey, things have switched and, and it's going to go Oklahoma. He said all the right things coming into that visit. And so it did feel like things had shifted away a lot. But, uh, you know, coming off of this, he's probably been the guy that I've heard the loudest buzz around. Now, the the first time around was so unpredictable that it makes me a little bit nervous, uh, you know, that, that Georgia's back in the mentions of this. But I have a hard time believing that they're going to miss with a second opportunity. That doesn't seem very likely to me. That seems like the, it seems like the door's open again. And if that's the case, I really like their chances to uh, close this one out. They, they're, they've got a chance here to add a guy with unbelievable speed. There's a clear need for that in, uh, in Athens. So uh, I, I, I like their chances with Anthony Evans coming off of this one. DeAndre Moore up next. Another guy that I'm feeling good about coming off of this one. I think that there's a flip in DeAndre Moore's future, but I want to cage that by saying I don't know if it's going to be uh, to Georgia or to Texas. I think that there's a possibility for both of those teams. He's taken his OV to Austin this upcoming weekend. I think that uh, the Longhorns really have a chance to impress him as well. I just don't see Louisville holding on. Uh, I think a flip in the future. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Big weekend uh, for him to watch the, the Jake, horns and the horned frogs. Jake, Jake, before you move on to the next recruit, I want to ask a question about those two wide receivers. Yeah. It's, do you think that there's a chance Georgia could get both of them, or is it a one or the other type deal, you think? No, I, I think there's a chance they get both, and I think that that's uh, the ideal situation for Georgia. Um, they really, I think, wanting to um, flesh out this wide receiver room. Um, I think that they really want some speedy guys. You know, they got a, a lot of guys who can run clean routes. They got a lot of guys who can get out there and affect the game, you know, in various ways. But you, if you get those guys, look, Arian Smith put a move on one of those guys the other day. Uh, in that Tennessee game, that's what uh, unbelievable speed brings to you. The, both of those guys, kind of the Ilka player. Um, David Hobbs, the next one up, um, boy, that was a good time to to get at a last official visit, is what I would say for David Hobbs. Um, you five-star pass rusher or uh, defensive lineman, guy who can affect the quarterback, uh, had a stellar summer. Came into this one thinking Georgia was third place, uh, Alabama and Tennessee both ahead. And I, I'll be honest with you, I had really no hope for Georgia. Uh, you know, you can never write off a, a last OV, but I felt really good about uh, those two teams going into this one. Gordon to Chad Simmons, sounds like this thing is switched up pretty quick and that Georgia may be the team to beat now. And if so, that is huge news because that comes a little bit out of left field in terms of defensive line. So I, I think uh, one to watch. Damon Wilson, everybody wants to talk about that guy. Of course, way too early to call that one for me. I think once he locks in the decision date, we'll probably have a better feel for things. Ohio State may get him back on campus for the Michigan game. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think he's going to take another opportunity to go out and check it out. We'll see. Um, I, I'd i be lying to you to say that I had a good read, only because that one seems like it swings whichever It just way. seems like one of those unicorns. Well, it's like it whichever – which, whoever he – How do you even keep track? Is where it's leaning. And, you know, so Georgia, Georgia gets the last visit. Feels like Georgia's in the lead. 
if if he gets to Ohio State again, yeah, I think that there's a chance for the Buckeyes. So too uh, early for me to make a, many predictions on that. One. That Hobbs news is absolutely massive because yeah. um, you know if you from the team side of things, you want to talk about that five technique position, what Michael Williams plays, what Jonathan Ledbetter and Trayvon Walker and uh, um, you know Malik Herring, all those guys played. That's a position where Georgia's gotten gotten the guy here or there, but they've never really been able to. Probably the best guys they've been able to kind of put together at once uh, were uh, were Ledbetter and 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 Malik Herring. You know they've got a chance to put Tyrion Ingram Dawkins and and uh, Michael Williams and a guy like Hobbs in there together and just kind of blend all that up. And I'm telling you that that would be massive uh, for for Georgia, a huge get for Georgia right there at that particular position. Yeah, yeah you get some bookends there. That's that's pretty it filthy. Had, it had been a long time. I mean, I I really had very little optimism. He he seen Georgia in that Oregon game. Had a chance to check them out then, but it really felt like it was going to be Tennessee or Alabama. The fact that they were able to make up that much ground over the course of this weekend yeah. is huge. Well, and, and I'm sure it didn't hurt up. that it happened against yeah. Tennessee. Exactly. Sure. And, you know, you're talking about, too, I mean, it's not exactly like they were kind of backed into a corner when it came to D-line in this class. I mean, you got Jamal Jarrett already on board. You feel good about Jordan Hall as well. It was kind of looking like those might be the two guys, and then, you know, you go out and find somebody else. Now this guy emerges, and you're talking about a, a five-star in the on 300. Uh, yeah, you can't really understate how big that would be. That would be a, a really, really great get for uh, Trey Scott, and, and somewhat fitting, I think, given the uh, defensive line class that he put out. He, he deserves a good haul, I think, this year. Uncle Glenn Hartley with the question that a lot of Georgia fans want to know, and you see the scroll down there at the bottom. That's a premium some premium information there on Justice Haynes. $1 for a year at dogshq.com. But, uh, Jake, a little nugget, maybe? What did, uh, what did we hear about story, Justice Haynes? I got a story coming on it tomorrow, not not just on, on Haynes, but uh, several of these guys that we just discussed. I'm going to call that one puncher's chance at best. I think that, uh, you know, they're, I, I do not predict a flip. I don't think it's going to happen. Does the possibility still exist? I will say yes to that. I don't feel good about it, but I think that it's not out of the question totally, not 100%. All right, let's uh, chop some wood. I'll get the party started here, guys. Uh, speaking of premium stories, go ahead and plug this one again. A uh, dollar for a year, dogshq.com. I, uh, I'm moving on to Mississippi State like Georgia is. I will say the thought of a Georgia-Tennessee rematch has me chopping wood this week. Uh, I've thought a lot about what it could mean for Georgia, what it can mean for Tennessee. And going back and watching the game, I think I've watched it about three or four times now just as I've been working, having it on in the background, picking up different plays here and there uh, several times now. Just seeing how the game played out uh, on a neutral field. Is the game different? Absolutely. I don't know if it's necessarily a rematch that Tennessee fans want again. And I know that it's hard for a good team to win twice, even in college football. But I'll do a little spin zone for you. And this is one preview into what I wrote about. There are a lot of other factors uh, that I wrote about why Georgia and Tennessee maybe not be, maybe uh, not the thing that the Vols ultimately want. But I will say this Kirby Smart in his career 
has had a couple opportunities to get rematches. He did it as a defensive coordinator in 2011 in that game of the century against LSU. And then he flips that loss, helps flip the loss into a 21-0 win in the national championship. See the Auburn game, 2017. He flips that loss into a multiple score victory in the SEC championship. Then you lose to Bama last year, flips that into a multiple score win in the national championship. My thing is this. Yes, Tennessee will have somewhat of an advantage in the momentum category and the incentive category when it comes to playing Tennessee another time. But Georgia clearly has some sort of method, some sort of protocol process when it comes to playing a team a second time. And I don't think that changes just because Georgia won the first time. I think it could be even worse if Georgia plays Tennessee again. But read about that over at dogshq.com. That's what I'm chopping wood about this week. Dude, that was like a Dick Shap level. Look this in the eyeball. That was some gravitas there, Wes. I mean, you you had me like kind of com- – that was compelling stuff. I've been practicing it all day. That's compelling stuff, dude. I'm, I'm impressed. I don't even want to follow that. No, you can. <laughs> Truth be told, I didn't have a picture ready, and I didn't want to make y'all sit here like the Brady Bunch and listen to me. So, Oh, man, that is so good. No, I, I really did enjoy that, Wes. I thought that was really good. And, you know, part of me – I go back and forth on part of me that, that agrees with you and the part of me that doesn't. Like, a part of me thinks that that's the last team Georgia wants to play. And then part of me is like, well, I saw him, I saw Georgia physically dominate that team. So, it's kind of weird, but that's a that's a good way to put it about their – If they method. even make it. If that's they even make it. That doesn't really seem – The dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. Listen, you, you can talk all the smack you want. You can say that, that they might have a better chance if they rematch – I'll even listen to you maybe say that the, that the rain uh, probably affected things. I don't really think so, but I give that a lot more credence than the idea that Tennessee intentionally laid down. That is I, unbelievable what to me that people are saying that. <laughs> that's some tinfoil. That's happened, right? jump. Well, I'm not going to say his name. They might block this video on YouTube. That is some tinfoil hat stuff. Sure. That was uh that was yeah that and and that was some of Twitter's finest. Listen, I, I'm going to chop wood on Kendall Milton. Okay, I think Kendall Milton is a little bit of a forgotten man, and he, I don't know how many weeks he's missed now. You know, he, he played a little bit against Tennessee, but I think he missed three games there, majorly, mainly three games. Um, only had two carries against Auburn. Um, I'm always looking for like, hey, what guy? Like, I, I see Jalen Carter in the same light in some ways. What guy doesn't have as much tread on the tires as everybody else when you're talking about a stretch run? A.D. Mitchell, if he's ever able to come back and you know in the regular season, I think another be another one. But Kendall Milton has been able to save some tread on those tires the last few weeks. And I thought Milton, as much flack as he was catching from Georgia fans because of that fumble in the Missouri game, was starting to kind of find a little bit of a rhythm from from being missing so much time preseason with injury. I think this is a guy that I don't know there there's so many different dudes on this Georgia team and you look last year and how William Poole kind of went from when went from kind of almost villain and failure to the the guy who struggled in the SEC championship game to make big plays in the national championship game and uh you saw some guys just kind of come out of nowhere to do really big things for the team. Um 
I wonder if uh, I wonder if Kendall Milton, with the injury and and having to share the load throughout the f- first part of the year, if that return right there might be something we point to, three, four, five games down the road, and we're like, man, Georgia needed that guy back more than they knew. Speaking of that, uh, same vein, I guess. Do you see Ad Mitchell potentially having that same kind of George Pickens? impact here and there sprinkle them in or or are you not really getting the best returns on uh on his status no i i think he could um you know i mean i do think he probably finds a way to get back on the field before the end of the regular season it's been a very stubborn injury um i i think he could have a much bigger impact than george had because that you know ad got a whole preseason camp um you know under his belt and yeah he's missed some time and everything but he's still been very much more engaged and got a lot more in, um, you know, as far as recency than than Pickens was able to kind of get through. So I think, yeah, I think absolutely, uh, Ad Mitchell could be a return for Georgia. You know, ideally, you would get him back at the very least for Georgia Tech, and you know, kind of have a game, then an SEC championship game, and then you know, bowl practice and stuff like that to really gear him up for the playoffs, but. Um, you know, we'll see how that works out, but he's doing more and more. He's it, last three weeks. Good to hear. Palmer, Jake, flip coin. I'll take it. Um, so Jake mentioned him earlier, uh, Arian Smith, and and that's who I'm chopping wood about tonight. Um, well, spent a little bit of time, Wes. You said you got to go rewatch the game. I've, I've rewatched it a couple times as well. Um, but went back and watched the SEC inside feature that uh, SEC Network does to, to get an inside look at this game, saw some of the clips uh, from the locker room, and, and you know, that, that piqued my interest there, um, and, and went and uh, watched it, and, and a couple things stood out to me um, from that, one of which that I tweeted, um, Kirby Smart and, and Arian Smith in the pregame, the, the interaction between those two. Well, for – First of all, Kirby, just in general, throughout that pregame, seemed very calm, very cool and collected, um, very much so like he did, um, you know, at, in, in big pressure games last season as well. Um, you know, the, the SEC championship game, he was very calm and collected. Obviously, that didn't go well for Georgia, but he was that same way, uh, you know, with, with in the national championship game. But um, the, the interaction with Arian, he, he said to him, and I, I tweeted out the quote, when you get uh, when you get the call, take a deep breath, relax, and go play. You've earned this. Relax, Arian. They they can't run with you, kid. Kept telling him to relax. Uh, first of all, Kirby knew that they were calling that play up. That, that they were dialing that play up for Arian Smith. How uh, huge was that first down? I huge. mean, it, it was a huge momentum swing because, and we talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but for Georgia to turn the ball over on that uh, first possession, Tennessee to go score, you felt like Tennessee had the momentum. As soon as they hit that play to Arian, it, it felt like, okay, Georgia's you – know, take a deep breath. Georgia's going to be fine. They're going to be able to play with this team. Uh, they're going to be able to move the ball, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and so the, Kirby knew that play was coming, knew what Arian Smith was capable of, Um it is, I wrote it in, in rest and react. And I may have mentioned it Sunday as well, but it's the kind of play that folks have been waiting for to see out of Arian Smith in a game like this for a long, long time. Um, Jake, you had the tweet and, and um, I haven't pulled it up, but his, his 
yards per catch on his career is insane. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it, like make, 35 yards. Yeah, making big plays every time he touches the ball. Um, you know, I think back throughout his career, obviously his his first catch was a touchdown against South Carolina. Um, you know, but, but that game was well out of reach. Um, you know, had a touchdown last season on an important fourth down against Missouri. Um, but, you know, obviously that game ended up being well out of reach. Uh, to me, before before yesterday, before Saturday, uh, the, the biggest catch of his career may have been the, his diving catch against uh, against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. Um, he had a and, huge game against Mizzou. Yeah, last year, right? And then he got hurt right after. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I just feel like Georgia once knows that they have to get Arian Smith involved. They know how special of a player he is. Uh, Kirby said they can't run with you, kid, and and I, I feel like they've got to know that down the stretch they know what they have in their back pocket with arian smith and i've got a sense that 11 is going to make some big plays down the stretch of this season there you have it Bruce. i'm going to chop wood on the uh, georgia recruiting uh aspect on the defensive side of the ball because it looks like they got a chance to finish really really strong over there um i'm giving a lot of credit to uh guys like fran brown who's basically done at this point in his cycle has pulled in an, an elite defensive back class uh, Glenn Schumann, I think the nation's best inside linebacker class, probably bar none. I can't think of anybody even close. Will Muschamp's been a really solid recruiter for a lot of these guys as well. And then you look at Shadera Uzoderibe, and he's got you in the mix, uh, heavily in the mix for both Damon Wilson and Sam and Pimba, two five-star edge guys in a cycle where you need them bad. Georgia right there. Uh, with two of the top guys. Trey Scott makes a huge gain with David Hobbs. Hey, I think that they deserve all the credit in the world for the job that they're going to do, and they've made a reputation of closing on these guys. I think that they get it done again this cycle and really, really close strong on the defensive side of the ball. There's a reason why Kirby Smart said that this is the best staff he's ever worked with, uh, worked around, assembled, you name it going to be hard to keep them all together after this season. It always is, but uh, they got a special thing going right now. This show is special as well. Uh, Vince Gill, Mike Leach, that'll do it. That will do it for you. Uh, but I think we all expect Georgia to handle business, even if it takes a little bit of time to get things going after this huge Tennessee win, sit around all day, got a 6 p.m. Central kickoff, and then you got to deal with all those cowbells. They'll snap you right into it if you're not ready to go. Uh, for Palmer and the Jakes, I'm Wes Blankenship. This is the Georgia Show on Dogs HQ. Give us a try, a dollar for a year over at dogshq.com. Premium stuff. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Hit follow on our podcast venues, platforms, whatever you want to call them. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. It helps us a ton. And we will be back here after the game in some way, shape, or form. It's a late one, a road one. Things get a little squirrely. Uh, from a production standpoint, but we will be back for sure 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday as well to do this live show again uh, to just collect our thoughts after that dog-on-dog SEC road game. Appreciate it, y'all. Have a great week. We will catch you next time. Hit the salad bar, Zippy. (laughs) Damn.